Hi, I'm Samantha, a past guest on CJAM's HandyLink. You're listening to HandyLink on CJAM 99.1 FM, reaching high ground in Windsor, Detroit. Sponsored by the Italian-Canadian Handy Capable Association, an organization that provides recreational and athletic opportunities for individuals with disabilities in Windsor, Essex. For more information, check out IECHA on Facebook. I'm your host, Cam Wells. First segment of our show is a post-dated one, so some of the events referred to may already have passed. This segment of our show, Jess Silver, Tina Finelli, and Jessica Lewis will be telling us a little bit about Paramazing Women's Circle. So, can you tell me a little bit about the Paramazing Women's Circle? Absolutely. Um, I'm Tina Finelli from See What She Can Do, and uh, we've teamed up with um, Jess Silver, who is uh, an adaptive fitness coach, and uh, she runs Flex for Access, a not-for-profit. Um, and Jessica Lewis, who's a, a para-athlete, um, a, para a Paralympian, actually. I shouldn't say para-athlete, because she's actually a para, Paralympian. Um, and we've, um, we've grouped up together to form these women's circles to try to engage women and help bring them out of their shells, um, help us connect with each other, and do fun things. Um, and the intention is, if you're a para-sport lover and you love to move your body, then we have this awesome women's circle with all sorts of fun, social, and active uh, experiences. So I'd imagine that uh, being in an active lifestyle would also have a mental health impact, especially if someone's dealing with a newly acquired disability. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think right now, um, especially with the pandemic going on, um, this is just something else that people can get involved with. Um, to kind of get their minds away from that and to, you know, find something fun to do and to connect with other people. Um, even though it's still in the virtual platform, um, it's always great, especially for mental health, to have that connection. Go ahead. It's my turn to chime in here. Um, I couldn't agree more with what the other two ladies said, and uh, we really, you know, came together because of our mutual passion, although we come at it from different angles, for adaptive fitness and and uh, parasport and really we wanted to come together to advocate for opportunities for individuals that have varying needs to realize that to help them realize that whether or not you're currently engaged in fitness or sport or you want to become engaged in it and you might not know how we can provide the resources also give experiential insight and provide them with fun experiences to help them engage with it. 
So, are there any challenges in coordinating the efforts? Uh, I can chime in there, and I was actually just going to chime in off of what Tina said previously to that point, hopefully neither of you mind. I actually wanted to share um, personal insight from something that I experienced yesterday. So yesterday I was finding that I had a really busy day uh, working, and I just was really feeling kind of inundated with responsibilities and, you know, the worries that we're all currently facing with the pandemic. And until I found that hour and a half to actually physically engage with exercising, which I do on a daily basis, I did not have the clarity, and I will share that, you know, yesterday was not a day where I really felt like doing it, but I can say that once I started doing it, I felt much better, and I actually felt like not only was I motivated, but hopefully, you know, I can impart that motivation on on other individuals too. And the circle, with the circle, um, what we're trying to emphasize is that it's fun, you know, that we're creating these fun networking opportunities um, for individuals to share an equal passion for sport and fitness, but also we want to get to know these incredible women and we want to connect with them because we can't do it face-to-face currently, we can still be doing it virtually through the Paramazing Circle. I would love to jump into Cam and just say that I think the reason Jess got out to work out after we chatted was because I might have beaten her by a couple of points on some trial trivia we were doing for tonight. <laughs> so she had to get her frustrations out. But tonight, we're on for some new trivia. Who knows? Um, and it was really cool to see on the first night, you know, everybody coming on and sharing their personal experiences, their personal stories, at least starting to, um, and why sport and fitness resonate with each and every single one of us. And the coolest thing for me was to realize, you know, that we're all in different places right now, and yet we're still all able to be connected and be sharing these experiences. Um, But further to your earlier point of what were the challenges that we faced, the challenges that we faced were, so far, are related to actually getting the word out and actually getting people to join the circle and participate in more of the experiences. And I know that the others on this call will say that that's what our greatest... um, endeavor to do is is to leverage the circle i think um you know one of the greatest things that we're really hoping comes out of this circle is that people or women with disabilities um learn about other things that they can get involved with so for me personally um i know i would never even know about parasport if it wasn't for um different organizations holding workshops or anything like that um, where I could get involved and actually realize that, you know, I am capable of participating in a sport even though I have a disability. Um, so I think that's definitely one of our main goals for the circle. So if each of you could send any one message to the community about the need to get people engaged and to test their own capabilities in a way that's uh, fun and beneficial for them. What would you say? Well, I'll jump in, and uh, what I would say is I think we all need to feed our minds, our bodies, and our souls, and um, what better way to do it than by gathering with women who love to move um, and who are all over, you know, Ontario. Um, We didn't say that um, Jessica Lewis is actually in Bermuda, um, and she has a very close tie to Canada, 
because uh, she uh, had coaching here. You can listen to her on our podcast too. But um, she, you know, she had a coach here. She's trained here. Um, so we think it's amazing that we can connect with people not only across Canada and in Ontario, but across the ocean. And uh, so come out and have some fun. What else? Hey, is that? Uh, the hardest step that one can take is really putting themselves out there and I know that it's particular it's hard for anybody um, regardless of who you are uh, but particularly this is very difficult for a lot of people that have a wide range of varying abilities I don't like to use the word disability personally I like to use either varying ability or um, in my case and in in Jess's case, our disabilities take the nature of physical challenges. I personally like to use that verbiage instead of um, saying disability. And I will say that, you know, the hardest part is putting yourself out there. But also, the most beautiful thing is when you do actually have the opportunity to network and put yourself out there and meet people, that's how your story actually is shared across um, hearts and across across really across oceans to echo what Tina said. So what we're trying to do is not only, you know, leverage our work and share our messages and share our joint passion for sport and fitness, but also to educate and empower um, women across uh, the ocean and really say, you know, that this is an opportunity for everybody that wants to become engaged in sport, to have the opportunity to share your own personal experience, ask questions, and have a lot of fun with us. I think um, you know, one of the greatest messages that um, I've ever received is just to believe in yourself. Just believe that, you know what, you do have strengths and abilities, um, no matter what your limitations are, because everybody has them. Um, so when you are able to have the opportunity to connect with other women or, or people in general um, to learn from them or, um, you know, to see what is out there for you. Like, sorry, I was just going to add something on to that. When I started my journey as an entrepreneur and the founder of my nonprofit organization, I had a vision for the organization um, and a plan in mind of, of what I wanted to see happen. But I didn't know how that was going to manifest itself. And uh, the greatest opportunities that have come out of it have been really to share my vision with individuals like uh, Jess Lewis, who was also a speaker at my gala fundraiser, and share a message with the platform, see what she can do, and with Tina and her other colleagues, for example, and many other organizations that I work with. And from doing that, from simply sharing a vision or an idea that I had to help make uh, fitness, adaptive fitness and sport more accessible to people and to work with mainstream gyms and studios, that has grown into a national and global um, endeavor. So really, the greatest thing one can do is to share uh, your experience, whether you feel like you're you know, at a point where you're comfortable doing it, even if you share an aspect of it, you never know what it'll grow into, and we're here to support that. In this segment of our show, Leslie Smith will be telling us a little bit about March of Dimes. So, can you tell me a little bit about the work of March of Dimes? Sure. So, March of Dimes Canada is a national organization. 
Um, and we provide community-based services uh, for people with disabilities across the country. And we provide a large range of different programs that service and services and, and really working towards maximizing the independence and community participation of people with disabilities. Um, so we offer services uh, for many different age groups um, and families uh, across the country. And it's really in terms of, as I mentioned, supporting individuals in reaching levels of independence and also in maximizing their community engagement and participation. So would that include things like vehicle modification, arranging for transportation, so a person with a disability can actually have meaningful employment? Yes, so one of our programs, HVMP, does uh, assist uh, in, in supporting that um, uh, program in terms of assisting people with modifications of vehicles or their homes. Um, and in our employment program, uh, yes. So if we, we work with our clients in supporting basically every single aspect that can engage them in the workforce, if that's arranging transportation, solving a transportation barrier that exists, uh, we work with them as well as uh, perhaps other community agencies or uh, community supports in eliminating that barrier and finding a solution to to move them forward towards their employment goal. So in terms of home and vehicle modifications, what are some of the more common types? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think that, you know, we do see a variety. I think it depends in, in some of the um, uh, different uh, asks throughout the year or those that are applying for funding. Uh, there's bathroom renovations to assist in ensuring that, you know, the, the um, washroom is, is, uh, can meet the needs of an individual and, and has all the um, supports in place. Uh, in terms of vehicle, we might see to be wheelchair accessible. Uh, the same with a, an exterior modifications to the home in terms of ramps. I think there's a variety, really, in terms of the different um, types of applications that we receive, and I think it just depends sometimes on, on the individual and, and their specific needs. It is very individualized uh, to support and, and eliminate the barrier that someone might be facing. So, in terms of the employment side of things, do you find there are any myths or stereotypes concerning a person with a disability being able to or even wanting to work? Yes, they do. There are a lot, a, a lot of myths and a lot of stereotypes, and unfortunately, stigma exists. And I think that, you know, employment is one where we always, uh, our mantra is that employment is good for everyone. And employment is different, and the capacity uh, for individuals is different for everyone. But engaging in economic contribution within your community, you know, having um, a, a routine, the social aspect of work is, is very good. The stigma or the stereotypes is that it can be difficult to integrate uh, an organization or uh, an employer's workplace if you feel that it is not accessible or if you feel that you may be discriminated or your disability may not be accommodated. And so sometimes there's hesitation um, because of the unknown or or perhaps a poor experience that happened before and that confidence is lost in terms of, you know, trying again. And so unfortunately, they do exist and they are there. So uh, how do you go about getting around those myths and those uh, misperceptions? Well, 
one of the things we do a lot of is uh, educating and informing employers in the community about the benefits of hiring people with disabilities. And I think that, you know, it's important um, for uh, employers um, and communities to know uh, the benefits that do exist in terms of retention rates. A more, a more um, inclusive workforce leads to better um, uh, employer uh, uh, wellness and happiness within a workplace. And so, you know, that, that education piece and moving that dial forward in, in continuing to ensure that employers are working towards having an inclusive workforce makes a big difference. And some of that may just, um, you know, involve meeting with their employees and speaking about what is um, inclusive inclusiveness um, and sensitivity training. Um, because in many cases, employers may not know that they already have someone working within their workforce that does have a disability but hasn't disclosed. Um, and so, you know, ensuring that many become more sensitive and aware um, uh, of the environment and how to have an inclusive workforce can make a very big difference. So, to that end, in your time with March of Dimes, has there been any success story that stands out for you? Well, there are many success stories. Um, I think, you know, we I might be hard-pressed to find one specific one. Um, but I think, you know, we, we experience successes on a daily basis. If I reflect back on this past year, and, you know, we, we're still living within a pandemic, one of our biggest successes this past year is that, you know, we continue to support close to 15,000 clients across the country to just in employment services alone um, and in continuing to work and pivot and navigate the new work world and the new labor world with a pandemic and moving to virtual and through our different programs that we have. And we actually achieved placing and having positive outcomes with over 1,500 clients through a pandemic year. And I think that seeing the success of our clients this past year in, you know, braving the pandemic and wanting to support the economy and work in essential workplaces that needed support and continuing to be engaged and, you know, and, and work through all the health and safety requirements and all the changes in the environment has been a tremendous success in the last 18 months. Um, so we've had a lot of clients that, you know, have done really well and have actually, you know, moved up and, and become named ambassadors or, you know, been recognized for their ongoing contribution within a workplace throughout this, this pandemic. And I think that, that that's one of the successes of this last year. It might not, it's not a one case in particular or one client in particular, but I think overall what we've achieved in the past 18 months is, is tremendous like to thank you for taking the time out to do this, but if you can stay on the line for a sec, that'd be great. For sure. Andy Link will be right back after these commercial messages, so stay tuned. Blood donors are needed now as much as ever. If you would like to help meet the needs of patients across Canada, please consider booking an appointment by calling 1-800-DONATE, visiting blood.ca, or through the Give Blood app. The Windsor Blood Donor Centre is located at 3909 Grand Maris Road East. Please note that extra safety precautions have been taken during this time, and only healthy individuals with a scheduled appointment will be allowed to donate blood. 
Welcome back to HandyLink, sponsored by the Italian-Canadian Handy Capable Association, an organization that provides recreational and athletic opportunities for individuals with disabilities in Windsor, Essex. Earlier in our show, we heard from Tina Finelli, Jessica Lewis, and Jess Silver from the Paramazing Women's Circle, and from Leslie Smith from March of Dimes. I'm your host, Cam Wells. In this segment of our show, Amy Widows will be telling us a little bit about mentorability. So, can you tell me a little bit about mentorability? Sure. Um, Mentorability Canada Project is actually a three-year pilot project. We are in uh, about two-and-a-half-year point now. It is uh, a national initiative which promotes the employment of people who have a disability in communities throughout Canada. It's either a full or half day mentoring experience for which job seekers who have a disability are matched with individual mentors to explore career opportunities. Like I said, it's a national initiative. It is sponsored by the Canadian Association for Supported Employment and it's funded by the Government of Canada Opportunities Fund. It's a network of eight provincial hubs spanning across Canada um, who are all in the business of creating opportunities in their own communities through service agencies where they can spread and share the opportunity of Mentorability Canada project. So how have you been going about reaching out to the disability population to let them know this is there and can be of benefit? So the process actually is for the provincial hub, which is in this case shared between uh, ODIN, which is the Ontario Disability Employment Network, and March of Dimes Canada. We've come together as two organizations who are taking the lead role in Ontario um, to facilitate the program in Ontario. So we bring in or engage um, service agencies who specialize in disability employment throughout the province and they sign on as service providers throughout the province and in turn share out the opportunity to both job seekers and employers and other stakeholders in each of their own communities. So in this case, uh, mentorability, we call it Mentorability Ontario for the, the sake, um, we have now 32 different organizations who have committed to engaging in the project and working with within the project's guidelines to promote, engage, and service those mentorships and matches. So far to date, we have had over 100 matches in Ontario alone, and um, we've signed on, uh, I think it's approximately 90 different mentors and over, over um, 90 um, protégés, which are uh, the job seekers or people interested in learning more about a different sector. So what are some of the challenges associated with uh, coordinating between the mentor, the employer, and the job seeker? I imagine there are some of the myths of disability still out there that uh, working through these channels would help to clear up. Um, yeah, so we, we actually anticipated a lot more challenges when we entered into um, the, the second year of the project because of the pandemic. But in turn, it has actually been of somewhat, and I don't want to say it out loud, but been 
beneficial to the project because employers and job seekers have learned how easy it is to go online. So we've had these opportunities of virtual mentorships throughout this past year and a half that have really been beneficial to the project and in fact have resulted in over 20 hires which wasn't an outcome of the project or it or wasn't even one of the deliverables of the project, but in turn has been a huge benefit to, to the job seekers. And um, I, I wanted to reiterate that the, the, the project itself is a one-day mentorship. So through these one-day mentorships, employers are seeing the value of these job seekers who are coming to them because they're interested, they have initiative, they're motivated to work, and they're taking the time to learn about these companies that they're going to. Now, the project itself is not um, a project of employment as a as an end result. It, it the really the vision is to increase awareness of disability and inclusive hiring to employers across the country. It is to promote that education and really to dispel those myths and misconceptions um, to employers to really take on a journey of inclusion. So, but it's been it's been very very beneficial. So, what are some of the key benefits for employers that see this and uh, want to take on a worker with a disability? So there's, there's many benefits to employers. Um, obviously, we know that um, inclusive hiring is absolutely uh, a good business move. We know that. But for the sake of Mentorability Canada project, there are really four main benefits. It's really the opportunity for um, the service agencies who are engaged to bring in employers who are available to be mentors to increase employer education as it pertains to inclusive hiring, retention of people who have a disability, and the recruitment practices of people who have a disability. Uh, it also gives the employers the opportunity to access the untapped labor market. It's also able to provide an opportunity for those employers to evaluate their own processes of diversity and inclusion in their own company. And it increases positive workplace culture. We know this. So statistics prove that organizations with inclusive cultures are eight times more likely to achieve better business outcomes. So, in your time with Mentorability, has there been any success story that stands out for you? There have been many, many success stories, but one that I'm really, I always kind of reflect back on is, um, well, there's, like I said, there's many, but the one I keep going back to is there's a, a person who um, attends a university here in Ontario, and he identifies as having a disability. And he actually has engaged in the project and has been on six different mentorships with six different employers across the province. He has, he's in his fourth year of his degree program, and he's not sure what he wanted to do with his degree. So he took the project as an opportunity to investigate the different employers throughout the province and really kind of filtered down what it is he wants to do with his career. And he spent many hours with each of the employers and was able to ask those hard questions and, and really determine, is this a culture I want to apply to? Do I want to spend my time and my career and, my, and, and provide my value to this company? And um, through that, he was able to really narrow down the scope and actually was offered a, a letter of employment from one of the, the companies and has been hired.
Do you see this becoming more permanent as an opportunity? Do you think this will be a little more long-term if it proves successful? Absolutely. That's always the, the, the hope, and um, that's in the hands of the Canadian Association for Su Supported Employment. As I said, they are the umbrella organization who's operating this project nationally. Um, so, of course, we are reporting all the data and all the positive deliverables and, um, and meeting all the outcomes that were outlined in the actual three-year project. So the hope is that the um, government does, you know, see the benefit in the project as we do and um, we are able to secure funding to sustain it. That is the hope. So, to that end, if you could send any message to the community about the value of this project and having persons with disabilities entering into the workforce and being included, what would you say? I think for all three demographics, both the service agencies who are operating the project in each community to the protégés who are job seekers or people of interest looking to learn more about any sector and to employers who are looking to tap into an untapped market or learn more about disability to increase their own employer education around inclusive hiring. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for all three demographics to increase their knowledge. I think it's a, it's a viable program for any service agency to be offering as a menu of service in their communities, and it's only beneficial for all parties. I'd like to thank you for taking the time out to do this, but if you can stay on the line for a sec, that'd be great. Sure, no problem. Thank you. Of course. This past year, my friends, despite the fact that it's been difficult for all of us, I've seen some amazing strides in the disability community. I've seen people coming together, opportunities for jobs being created, people developing new ways of doing things. Groups like the Paramazing Women's Circle are doing that such an innovative way. When circumstances permit, the world allows us all to reunite and live more fully. I hope such efforts continue. I hope to see the world remaining at its best. This has been HandyLink. I'm your host, Cam Wells, reminding you we're all equal. So get on out there and have yourselves a good one. Something tells me you've earned it, folks. We'll see you next week.